0: Well, it is Friday, TGIF, this the first day of the new month, the month being March. And uh, again, it's been sunny out uh, for much of the day. What is the temperature? Just, uh, I, I'd have to look. Do you guys know what the temperature is off the top of your uh, of your heads here? Speaking to uh, talking heads, I can tell you here, 20, no, 40, 46 degrees uh, partly cloudy, a high of 48, low of 27. So in Detroit right now, it is 46 degrees. We've got the team, the team, the team, raring to go, as raring as anyone is on a Friday. Kind of like the old horses headed back toward the barn after they've taken you around on your little ride around Mackinac Island or wherever you might be going. And they see the barn, and all of a sudden, they get new life because they're headed back. Well, we get new life because we're, cause we're headed to the weekend, so... We've got Dave Rieger in for Danielle Mason. We welcome Parker Mosier. Parker, nice to have you here. Uh, Rich Luzinski with our WJR Traffic and Weather First. And most importantly, you, the best and brightest audience in all of radio. And I merely ask that if you can't be here noon to two every day, and who can be? I can hardly be. But if you can't be, then we can all go to thegreatvoice.com and listen to the show on a podcast. And it is meaningful and they do keep track, and we need you to listen to be uh, relevant. We want to be relevant, and we want to be with you. And we miss you if you're not uh, listening in even at a later time. In fact, in fact, if you're not listening, we might even be talking about you behind your back. Uh, it's unlikely, but you never, never know. Uh, good news here, thanks to our old friend Jason Brown, yet another fine young man who was associated with our morning show for years and went on to create his own business. He is a uh, an advertising public relations publicity magnate, Jason Brown of Public City PR. Uh, Jason heard us talking with Nolan Findlay about Nolan... Uh, would love to go see Priscilla Presley on his birthday, which is at March 10th, I think. Is that when Priscilla is at the Music Hall, March 10th? That's correct. Okay, so that's Nolan's birthday. And uh, Jason Brown has come through and gotten tickets for Nolan. So uh, thank you, Jason, very much. And uh, happy birthday, Nolan Findley. You deserve that and more. He helps us out so much all the time, and we really appreciate that. Um, Other Econ Club things coming up. And we're going to be at many of them. I shouldn't have started talking about that till I had it in front of me, but I have a tendency to sometimes get ahead of myself. Oh, pin seekers! I told you about pin seekers uh, yesterday. They had their opening day. This is Dr. Jessica Burns, the renowned surgeon in Toledo. Her husband Scott Burns, who's a, quite a financial services whiz, and and his partner Michael Van Washinova. Uh, started the Pin Seekers last night to a great success, PinseekersMonroe.com. And through that, I've learned, through the help of Dave Rieger, uh, of a game called foaling. And uh, now, as I figured it out with a little help, it's a combination of football and bowling. You probably are familiar, I live in a cave and was not familiar that you actually throw footballs at bowling pins. Sounds good to me. Now, I knew about feather bowling, but this is foaling. And at Pinseekers, Monroe's premier entertainment destination, which opened last night at 15,261 South Dixie Highway, they offer five state-of-the-art indoor golf simulators. And the last time I saw a golf simulator was a long time ago. Now they're apparently spectacular. They've got five of them. They've got six axe-throwing lanes and two foaling alleys along with arcade games and a full bar. So congratulations to them. they got a very successful, very big weekend ahead of them as well. I was talking to Annie earlier. We're getting ready for our St. Patrick's Day celebration. Moved to noon to 3 this year for St. Patrick's Day, which is, of course, the Friday before St. Patrick's Day. And we do hope that you will join us. Uh, if you've been invited before and you haven't seen an invite, an email invite, uh, get in touch with us so we can fix that. And if you've always wanted to be invited, get in touch with us so we can try to uh, fix that as well. It's going to be a great party. Uh, noon to 3 on the Friday before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving! on the fr- I'll tell you why I thought that way. On the Friday before St. Patrick's Day, I was thinking of a parade because there is... A St. Patrick's Parade that's not on St. Patrick's Day, but it is a parade, so the biggest and best came to my mind, the one produced by the Parade Company, America's Thanksgiving Parade by Gardner White, but this will be the first year in many years that I am not going to be there working along the parade route. Um, It's been years, so I won't be there for the parade uh, this year for that. I think I'm done with that at this point. Uh, but that's uh, that's what's uh, coming up. Also, I started to mention uh, uh, what's happening at the Detroit Economic Club. I'm a big fan of Jim Fitterling, the Dow Chairman and CEO. In fact, it's before the day before my birthday, April 17th. Uh, Jim Fitterling will be at the Motor City Casino, and we will be there with Focus and look forward to that. Uh, coming up April 23rd, Barbara McQuaid former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan, U of M law professor. April 23rd at the Motor City Casino, Barbara McQuaid, will be the special keynote speaker for the Detroit Economic Club. And then the uh, Detroit Tigers luncheon is April 30th. April 30th for the Motor City Casino. And and uh, I'm hoping maybe we can get uh, young Anthony Bellino to, uh, to co-host that with me, like he did for... The Red Wings. We did put up a picture of, uh, I, I can't help but always refer to him as the captain, Stevie Eisenman, but he's not the captain. He's the, the president, general manager. Uh, what do they call him, Dave, in that position in hockey? Is he the president of uh, or general manager
1: uh, of the Eisenman Red Wings? Yeah. is the executive vice president, general manager of, okay, the, of this, the Red Wings. You know,
0: to me, he's always the captain. But be that as it may, um, there is a picture we posted with Anthony Bellino, A.B., as Lomas Brown would call him, the legend. Uh, And Steve, who we look like we just hijacked, because we did. We ran over there during the commercial and had our picture taken with uh, Jeff Marcero, the cameraman. And uh, that is now on uh, Paul W. Sminsta, Paul W. Sminsta, my uh, Instagram uh, account. I tried to put another picture of my mother, Sweet Marie, Uh, If you dig down into the Instagram account, you will see several pictures of my mother, Sweet Marie. And I bring that up today because uh, Sweet Marie, my mother, H. Marie Beatrice Smith from Monroe, was born March 1st in 1926. She left the earthly possessions uh, March 5th a couple years ago. Today she is 98 years old and I say she is 98 years old because we know she's still with us and my little sister Allison and I miss her and think about her and still talk about her every day of course Allison's husband Dan and my love Kim my late brother Mark's wife Bernie uh, always worked hard to take care of my mother in her final years and Boy, you count yourself lucky if you have family members that live close by and that do care enough to be there with you, as my family members did far more than I was able to. And uh, so, as I say, Allison, my sister, and her husband, Dan, my love, Kim, and and Bernie, my late brother Mark's wife, and all of the sweet Marie's grandchildren and great-grandchildren miss her. But, as happens at a time like this, we happen to know that she is still with us. And aren't we lucky to know that and believe that. We're underway on a beautiful Friday. It is the first day of the new month, March already. Sometimes the weeks take forever, but the months seem to be flying by in 2024. We are so glad you're with us here In Focus with Paul W. Smith on WJR. I'm so glad we're together on a beautiful day like uh, today and uh, that you're going to enjoy what I hope uh, on your way to uh, uh, making each and every day count. You're going to enjoy this day and make it a very good weekend as well. 46 uh, mostly cloudy degrees. Uh, We'll go up a couple more degrees uh, for the day. How's the weekend look? Pretty good? I think it is. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, always good to talk with our next guest, senior editor, a uh, uh, senior editor business and also great columnist of the Detroit News, Mr. Daniel Howes. Daniel, how are you, my friend?
2: How are you, my friend? And you forgot to say each day is a gift.
0: Oh, did I forget
2: that? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I have my mind on so many things right now. You're absolutely with that, with right.
2: That, which is true. I, I, I've learned that lesson in the last few months.
0: Well, listen, you have, haven't you? You, We don't have to get into details, but you have. And that I've had people come up to me for years saying, I I never realized what an impact it could have. And that is make each and every day count each day as a gift. Uh, And people have to be reminded. I have to be reminded that that is the case. The other thing that uh, Kim has introduced me to is none of us know how much QTR we have left and I said what what's QTR it's quality time remaining so I did put a thing on my uh, on my Instagram besides trying to put my mother sweet marie who would have been the 98 today I did put on my Instagram now will I find it quickly of course I won't uh, because it's me and it's electronics in my <laughs> hand so it could explode at any moment oh I put this in and it was sent to me by Simone Vitali the fabulous orchestra leader uh, all round good guy the goal is to die with memories not dreams that's kind of heavy isn't Ooh. it kind of heavy yeah and very true it, i mean it, you it, think not about that I it want, I, yeah if you think about it and i don't like to think about dying ever but it's true the goal is to die with memories not dreams um, and you've heard it said in so many different ways by so many different people. The things you regret the most are the things you didn't try to do. That's right. right what are we doing? I think, wait, you,
2: you, I you, think we're I, I just think we're dating ourselves. Let's onward, my friend. Let's but, go.
0: But, oh, no, but wait, think of this, Daniel. And I've always wanted to say this. If you're dating yourself, eh, not a bad date. All right. Here we go. Here we, here we go. Uh the president in full re-election mode shows up at, at a border where there's no activity and says, Oh, there's nothing there's no problem here. Uh so he does that, which he avoided and is trying to make us believe that he's been trying to fix the border all along, even though he wasn't, and I hope that everyone understands that. But now what's he want to do? He wants to check out cars from China because the cars might be snooping on us where's he been has he not heard from alexa and uh, our apple iphones like when we say i really like this or that and it shows up in an ad on our phone i mean are you kidding me
2: we've been snooping well, uh, no kidding but i think this is clear i mean need i say this this is presidential politics and we are going to have a front row seat into this battle between uh, biden and trump uh, michigan is going to be one of the central battlegrounds and the auto industry is going to be central to the central battleground. Um, and I think you have one, uh, an incumbent president who uh, styles himself as the greatest friend of labor since, you know, who knows when, uh, less, certainly in the last 50 years, and uh, a former president and, and challenger uh, who is basically at the same time claiming the support of the auto workers while he criticizes and, and damns the president of the auto workers. So it's a very unique and interesting kind of thing, and China is going to be kind of uh, the central uh, weapon in this, I think. And so what you saw this week was Biden saying, you know, we got to we got to watch these vehicles uh, because not only do they have this technology, but they're also like they're talking about eleven thousand dollar electric vehicles coming from Mexico.
0: Yeah, the, look, you know who else is playing a role in this uh, in this time, this election time? It's the auto industry and how long they can hold off because of whatever effect it might have on the election. How long the auto industry can hold off from doing what they all know they have to do, thanks to the last negotiations with the UAW, they're going to be moving to Mexico. They're going to be moving production to Mexico. And so now they've got to make a decision. Well, quietly, but, you know, we do have, <laughs> we have talk radio and we have you uh, sounding the alarm and uh, all of that. But that's you, is this right? Because I've never been a farmer, but you reap what you sow, right? It's not you sow what mm-hmm. you reap, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Yeah. And if you don't uh, approach negotiations like the late great, well, wait a minute, no, he's not dead, my good friend Ron Gettlefinger, who is no longer ahead of the UAW, but understood at that time, a really tough time in the auto industry, right. that, yes, he had to do the best he could for his workers, but that also included keeping the autos here being made and keeping mm-hmm. the auto companies healthy or the, his workers that he represented wouldn't have jobs. That's coming. Trust me. So,
2: anyway. Well, I think, I think the, the other thing that's coming is going to be, a, I think, a bipartisan effort politically, Uh, to use tariffs and other barriers to keep Chinese vehicles out of the United States. Well, we know that's exactly
0: what the former president would want to do immediately.
2: Right. But we've already got uh, vehicles that are made in China uh, that are coming in. General Motors has been building the Buick Envision in China for some years, and they've been bringing it into the U.S. Uh, uh, Volvo has got some product that they're selling in the U.S., uh, either as Volvo or uh, as their Polestar brand. That are 100% made in China and they're coming into the U.S. Now they're being sold at premium prices, so we're not seeing these cut-rate BYD products. But BYD is the company that everybody's afraid of, and has been reporting that they're looking to, to establish a plant in Mexico, and they'd then be able to bring those vehicles into the United States under the USMCA. Uh, much. Uh, yeah.
0: I might just quickly say BYD is the company that's beating Tesla worldwide now. Correct. So bear that in mind if you don't take them seriously. And we never did take a lot of these people seriously. But I have to tell you you this.
2: Go ahead. I had the occasion to talk to Jim Farley last year after he'd just come back from China. And he was astonished at what he saw. And astonished in two ways. One, at how uncompetitive Western automakers were in China. Not just Ford, but GM, Volkswagen, and others with their product. It was the wrong product at the wrong time. Uh, and the other thing that he was astonished at was how good the Chinese products were, how they were next, next generation in terms of their electronics inside the vehicle. Uh, they were pitch perfect on brand. They were not gas vehicles that had electric powertrains in them. They were purpose-built EVs. And he saw this as the future and they were a lot cheaper. So, I mean, this is, this is the coming battle, um, and the new, the new threat. And it's going to, and it's going to be even different than the Japanese initials in Japanese invasion well, of 40 years
0: ago. We're old enough 40 years ago to remember when the Japanese vehicles were thought to be junk. And, of course, they came around and started building some of the best cars ever. Let me just quickly say, once when I was traveling and needed to rent a vehicle, I rented, I just rented whatever I could rent when I got to the desk looking for the best deal. And I got a Buick Envision and I drove that thing and said, wow, this is an incredible vehicle. And later, I spoke to a friend from General Motors, and I said, I didn't even know about this thing. This envisions fabulous. And he sheepishly said, well, um, it's uh, it's it's made in China. He was like apologetic about telling me, this is years ago, that it was, well, it's it, it's made in China. They kept it quiet.
2: Well, well, you know, Dennis Dennis Williams, the former president of the UAW, used to call it the invasion. Oh, the, the Buick <laughs> invasion. The Buick invasion. Good
0: creativity there from Dennis. Good job. And speaking of good jobs, Daniel Howes, you always do a great one, and we thank you for sharing.
2: Thanks,
0: my friend. Talk to you later. Daniel Howes, senior editor, business uh, columnist, all these great things at the Great Detroit News as we continue. Focus with Paul W. Smith, WJR. Our old friend Keith Newell, who's followed us from the mornings uh, to uh, to the afternoons, always has something pithy, that's P-I-T-H-Y, pithy to say. He says, I know you always say that each day is a gift, but every now and then I would like a boxing day so I can take the day back, maybe exchange it for another day. Very uh, interesting thought, Keith. We'll look into any way that we might be able to help you in that regard. Jared Helpern is here, Fox News correspondent, WJR contributor. It seems like we haven't talked to you in a while, but nice to catch up with you. And I want to thank the two presidents for creating an opportunity to hear from you right now. Jared, uh, good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon to you. And what I mean, it was
0: pretty remarkable, wasn't it,
3: to have um, the, the two likely uh, nominees? Um you know, we, we sort of say they were both on the U.S. Texas border, which is true. But as somebody who grew up in Texas, I can tell you that you can drive for like 13 hours and never cross a state line. They were about 300 miles uh, apart from one another. So no, uh, you know, no, no motorcades passing one another on the highway or anything right. like that. But it was a side by side, a split screen, if you will, that I think really uh, captures what is emerging as a top issue now in this election and the type of Uh, messaging that both Republicans and Democrats are going to push forward to voters. For President Biden, he is talking a lot about what was coming out of the Senate, right? The work that they had done with Senate Republicans and Democrats on this uh, immigration and border bill that would have done a lot of what Republicans are asking for as it relates to asylum would have provided uh, additional money and resources for border patrol agents. He talks a lot about how that was endorsed uh, by the border patrol union and then you had the leader of the Border Patrol Union, uh, Brandon Judd, with President, uh, former President Trump, uh, in Eagle Pass, which right now is really the epicenter of this um, dispute between Texas, the governor of Texas, the legislature of Texas, and the federal government over um, sort of how far states can go to prevent mass migration into their into their states and across their borders, and. Um, You know, that's something that's going to certainly play out in court, but it is also going to play out um, in these campaigns. And you saw that in the messaging yesterday from uh, former
0: President Trump. You know, it it was a bizarre. uh, I don't think you said bizarre, but you you kind of uh, intimated uh, how unusual it was. Jared Halpern, our Fox News correspondent, WDR contributed, have a split screen and see where the people put each of these presidents former and sure. current um i i can't help but think obviously they placed them where it would be serving their uh mm-hmm. rhetoric better i mean we know there's a huge problem and the trump team put trump right in the middle of the real problem eagle pass as you can. eagle pass yeah.
3: yeah and
0: the the biden people put the president somewhere where it was kind of a walk in the park And that's not known for an area where they have to worry about a lot of trouble. And is it because that's all they think he can handle or also just because they're trying to pretend there's no real problem?
3: Well, I think there's a lot that goes into a presidential visit. Logistics certainly are are, are one thing. And the president was in Brownsville. You're right. They have not had, at least recently, the same number of, um, uh, they call them encounters, uh, migrant crossings, as they have in Eagle Pass. It is. Uh, a very different picture. Now, it, out, Brownsville has been in that position. They are not now. The Rio Grande Valley is not in that position now as they have been uh, in the past. So that's certainly part of it. Um, there is a big border patrol sector down there, a big border patrol leadership to down there. Um, but listen, going to Eagle Path uh, would have put the president kind of right in the middle of that federal versus state. Um, legal uh, issue that, that is mounting, right? And so, uh, I mean, listen, he's not going to get, you know, a visit by the governor of Texas and, and others in the way that former President Trump will. And um, you're right. They, they they went to locations that tell very different stories about not only what is happening at the border, but kind of some of the policies that are at, that are at play uh, that both sides are now going to say um, are kind of responsible uh, back and forth for, for what we're seeing at the
0: border. Jared Halpern with us in focus with Paul W. Smith. Nice to have you tuned in as well and sure. learning, uh, getting the experience that Jared has on these stories. And um, because I was going back and forth doing a variety of things like I always <laughs> am, when uh, was that an active current Border Patrol person? Uh, currently actively employed by the United States as a Border Patrol person and working directly for his commander-in-chief, President Joe Biden. Was he there standing with uh, President Trump and uh, criticizing Biden completely? I mean, like, freely criticizing? You're
3: talking about Brandon Judd?
0: I don't know who it was.
3: Yeah, so Brandon Judd is the president of the Border Patrol Union. Uh, I think they're called the Border Patrol Council. It's essentially the union for... Uh, the border patrol he has been a strong 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 critic of president biden has been very critical of biden policies has been very supportive uh, of former president trump i do not know enough about kind of the structure and how that works sort of uh, politically obviously he's uh, the president of a union which is sort of uh, you know they represent border patrol agents um and, you know, that criticism is not new. That that, that organization, that the union that represents border agents, has long been critical of President Biden, which is one of the reasons that um, President Biden and uh, folks here at the administration are so um, sort of eager to point out that that same union, that the Border Patrol Council supported what was coming out of the Senate uh, before it was torpedoed by, by House Republicans at the insistence, uh, the administration argues, of former President Trump.
0: And and help me on this one, uh, if you would, Jared. Did I not see our former President Donald Trump interacting with illegal border crossers, or at least people poised to become illegal border crossers, or maybe even the people, the gangs that? charge money to get people there was he not waving almost in a friendly affectionate way across the river to these bandits um
3: yeah i'm not sure exactly i was not there um so i don't know who who that interaction was with um he did appear to wave at migrants through that barbed wire fence however um and listen i think that's part of why they put him there right he was as i said at that barbed wire fence where there is an active operation to try and stop the, the flow of migrants crossing there are hundreds of illegal crossings in eagle pass texas every single day um and so it is something that um again speaks to kind of why he went to that location but but yes i did see that video of him waving uh at the migrants i wasn't there so i all right it.
0: all right I, like, I think
3: the context i would prefer to have before
0: i wait <laughs> i'm going to give you your pass on that but i swear okay. to you what concerned me greatly was He seemed thrilled (laughs) that they knew who he was. Well, I think they were they were telling his
3: name, weren't they?
0: Yes. And he turned around and goes, oh, they know me. They know my name. And I'm thinking, Mr. President, focus. We don't care if they know your name. We care about what they're going to do and what you have to stop them from doing, either one of you, whoever becomes the next president. Okay. Well, whatever. Jared, always a pleasure. It's been too long. Let's not make it so long again. It's always nice to have somebody know your name. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yes it is jared halpern how's that donald thank trump i've always i'll never forget his name hmm. jared halpern fox news correspondent wjr contributor with me paul w smith in focus thank you much and uh parker Mosier helping out for danielle today and he's doing a nice job nice job parker thank you for keeping things going. i like those uh those breaks and those rejoiners a little more often the way you do that. I think that uh, is helpful. Meanwhile, um, I've said this a million times before, and we've been very lucky. We've gotten big prizes in all these various uh, broadcasting competitions, the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. Obviously, I'm thrilled to be in the National Radio Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, how could I not be? But I've never worked for that. I, I work because I love this, and I need to make a living and it's been a pretty good living most of the time. But meanwhile, the awards are out, Michigan Association of Broadcasters, and we're about to speak with the person who won, uh, it seems to me, virtually every award available. Her name is Marie Osborne, and she is on the other end of my microphone uh, with some information. Congratulations to you, Marie, by the way, without being specific yeah. about all of the, w- the wins you had. <laughs>
4: Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, you work very hard, and you deserve that. According to the Census Bureau's January 2024 survey, the percentage of people experiencing anxiety or depression remains double that of pre-pandemic levels. And doctors say that, well, that could be one of the reasons we're seeing the numbers of suicides and drug overdoses at record levels in this country. Aforementioned, WJR Senior News Analyst Marie Osborne says a change in how we view mental health could end up helping millions of people who suffer from mental health issues. I am all ears, Marie.
4: (laughs) Good. I'm glad. So we know, uh, Paul, that during the pandemic, people were pushed into isolation and the normal support systems that were supposed to be there to help, they just simply were not there. Research finds that across all ages, over a fifth of adults and more than a third of those under 30 report feeling anxious or depressed, and many of those people are now seeking help. USA Today did some research of medical data and they found that mental health related prescriptions rose 12% from 2019, and that outpaced le- uh, the less than 1% growth in overall prescriptions. So here's an example. Zoloft, and its ger- a generic counterpart, which are the most common antidepressant medications on the market right now, rose more than 17% since 2022. There were steep increases, too, in the ADHD medications Concerta and Adderall. Even before the pandemic, the use of mental health drugs was on the rise, but we've s- seen this sharp uptick. After the pandemic, Paul, experts say that the pandemic, coupled with heightened awareness of mental health and the development of generic mental health medications, as well as the advent of telehealth, has all contributed to the increased use of these drugs.
0: Well, where do we begin? Um, First of all, I've never been a fan of generic drugs. In the beginning, it's because all the generic drugs were made in China, and having been to China several times, I just wasn't sold on the way they did things and the trustworthiness, the cleanliness, all of that. Unfortunately, now it seems all drugs are made in China, whether it's generic or brand name. So that kind of wipes that out, although the insurance companies keep forcing people to use generic drugs uh, that don't always work the same. People always say, oh, they're exactly the same. Through my own personal experience, they tried to get me to use a generic Synthroid. Didn't work like Synthroid works. I'm having trouble uh, with what used to be Lipitor. Now it's a generic Lipitor. I'm having the muscle aches and all the things you're not supposed to have, never had with the real Lipitor. So here we are getting ready to treat people Because we now know a different way to do it and the way that we think it's going to make things better in our country. And we're leading the way with generic drugs. So I just had to get that off my chest first. Um, Yes, things have changed dramatically since the pandemic. How many times in a week have you said, even still, well, you know, since the pandemic, this, that, Mm -hmm. or the other thing has happened? I don't know when we can get rid of that. I I don't know when we can lose that.
4: I don't know that we'll ever lose that. I mean, I think it was similar to World War II. After the war, people said, well, you know, before the war, this or that. And then after the war, this happened. So it's just, it was such a seminal moment.
0: So it's going to be time. Because you and I haven't used that term well, ever since World War II, we've done this. Oh or no, no, done that. I'm just
4: saying. At, I'm just comparing it to that era, like our parents' era. You know that they experienced World War II, so I'm sure they had a similar. That's uh, a good point.
0: That's a very good, you point. know,
4: a similar way of putting things. That you know, gee, before the war we did this, and now we do it this way. I mean, it was such a big moment in our lives and in sure. the, in, the, in our global history.
0: And and you pointed out, and this is true with the people. The If you will, the uptick, as they put it, uh, in people seeking treatment and medication, um, we do need to get and i think I thought we had maybe you know way better than me, but I thought we had kind of whittled away at the stigma of getting yeah of being able to say, "I really need some psychological help, whether it's through counseling or counseling and prescription drugs or whatever, but have we I guess we haven't gone as far as we need to?
4: So, some of the healthcare workers are saying that finally we're making some inroads on the concept of thinking of mental health problems no differently than we do physical problems. Oh, you have diabetes? Okay. Oh, you have depression? Okay. People just have such a hard time accepting mental health problems as just something that ha- happens in the human experience.
0: Well,. We also can't, uh, I mean, I can't, I suspect you can't, you're a broadcaster too, and so many people listening right now can't uh, forget about the expense for many of these drugs and how much our insurance does or does not pay for them, which then affects our ability to take them on a regular basis.
4: Cost is definitely, and you had mentioned generics, Um, some of the researchers are saying... That thanks to generics, more people are able to have access to these drugs. So I don't doubt that.
0: I, I don't doubt mm-hmm. that. Um, what's the uh, in your story the phenomenon dubbed the generic paradox? Is that what you're? Is that the paradox you're talking about?
4: Well, no. The, the, so there is some rec- uh, some doctors commenting about how it. A lot of consumers are reluctant to take. Um, the generic drugs are just not, you know, they just don't trust it. They're not similar to what you were talking about, but some of these doctors are saying, look, it is the same exact medication. It's the same drug is in one as the other. So they're, they're having to work with people on this one.
0: I look, I can't, I can't argue with people being skeptical. Not these days. Not anymore. I just can't. Marie Osborne, WJR Senior News Analyst and big, big winner in the Michigan Association of Broadcasting. Broadcasting awards the radio station. The big winner. We'll find out in a short period of time if we once again will win WJR as the station of the year. We know that WJR is the station of the year. We hope the rest of the folks do. Thanks, Rhi. We continue on WJR. You. Well, here we go. I mean, we are uh, at this point a live radio program, so I should pay attention to uh, some <laughs> some live information, although my phone just said something went wrong. Uh, here's what we have coming over now. Americans with COVID or other respiratory infections need not isolate for five days before returning to work or school, this from the Centers for Disease Control. Those, you know, those reliable people that have blown it all along the way. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention saying just now, a striking sign of changing attitudes toward the coronavirus is them telling us we don't have to isolate. People with respiratory illnesses may resume daily activities if they have been fever-free for at least 24 hours without the aid of medications, and if their symptoms are improving, according to the agency. Acknowledging that people can be contagious even without symptoms, the CDC urged those who end isolation to limit close contact with others, wear well-fitted masks, improve indoor air quality, and practice <laughs> and practice good hygiene like washing your hands and covering coughs and sneezes. The guidelines apply to COVID, influenza, and respiratory syncytial virus, I don't know what that is, among other respiratory ailments, which should make it easier for people to comply. Uh, this is the announcement today. They say their goal is to continue to protect those at risk for severe illness while also reassuring folks that these recommendations are simple, clear, easy to understand, and can be followed. A bit more on COVID-19. Long COVID, a large new study, has found that long COVID may lead to measurable cognitive decline, especially in the ability to remember, reason, and plan. Yeah, boy, there's more. Uh, and uh, and we'll pass it along as we go along. Did you see this? I think I wrote something for my uh, this coming Monday's uh, column, always there, Mondays uh, in the Detroit News. Oh, and I have to call uh, Caitlin Buss and tell her we'd like to have her on Monday. I, I'm i saying this out loud because I'm saying it to uh, remind uh, Dave Rieger, my producer. And She's already myself. booked for Monday. Oh, good, good, done, good. She's got a a very interesting uh, story about, uh, well, what's in the news and uh, uh, the whole Alabama thing and uh, embryos and all of that stuff. Uh, I don't want to even start right now, but I do want to say this. The NASDAQ and S&P 500 hit record highs yesterday as fresh data showed progress on inflation and as shares of chip makers and artificial intelligence stocks soared. Bitcoin also edged closest to an all-time high as the popular cryptocurrency teeters near levels last seen in 2021. Here's the thing. Every – and I need your thoughts on this, uh, Rieger. I, you know, every, I don't have a lot of money to invest, but I, I've i always invested. Not like, not, not, not like when I used to do lawn, mower, lawn mowing for $3 a lawn. I should have started putting money away then, and we should be teaching our kids in school – how important that is to start saving any amount of money as early as you can. That aside, um I I I respect all of the financial people who've always told me, all the professional financial people have always said, don't buy Bitcoin. Well every time I looked at it, it was too expensive to buy for me anyway. But somebody bought it at 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 twelve dollars or a hundred dollars and in our lifetime. And when I looked at it yesterday yesterday, the day before it was like sixty nine thousand dollars. So they may have been right. We shouldn't have bought Bitcoin, but somebody did and somebody got rich. Yes, a lot of people maybe did and, and lost money or didn't get rich. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about here, Dave Rieger? Yeah. How is it that some people get the right information and the rest of us don't?
1: Timing is everything.
0: Timing. Yep. Okay.
1: But what, so, about, but what about this story? What do you think about let this me, story? Let me
0: finish this thought very quickly. Okay. Because here's what I've heard enough now from Warren Buffett and everybody else. If I was a young person, I'd be putting money in index funds. Uh, I guess you'd call them, I don't know, the S&P 500 index fund. Low cost, like through Schwab or Fidelity or one of those guys. Um, You buy a low cost index fund and you just keep whatever money you can put into it, just keep putting it in there and don't sell it. And by the time you're... Our age, you'll be a millionaire. Not that, you know, it'll cost uh, $250,000 to buy an apple by then. But the point is, and I do mean the fruit, the point is it's simple. It's much simpler. Index funds, that's what they keep saying. So forget about cryptocurrency unless you're way smarter than all the rest of us. Go ahead. But apparently you can't lose. That's dangerous. But you can't lose with index funds on the S&P 500. Okay, what were you going to say? Uh,
1: number one, I guess if you had had invested heavily into the tech in the 90s, you would have done pretty well, too. Um, but uh, this story that says the IRS is sending one hundred and twenty five thousand compliance letters in a campaign against wealthy tax cheats. So they're dispatching letters this week in more than one hundred and twenty five thousand cases involving high income taxpayers who failed to file returns since two thousand and seventeen. These people uh, are not even
0: filing their returns? No, it
1: says tax authorities say that cases collectively involve hundreds of millions of dollars in unpaid taxes. More than 25,000 compliance letters are going to delinquent taxpayers with more than $1 million in income. A letter is going to make them file their taxes if they haven't since 2017?
0: Well, you'd be surprised if somebody thinks they've been caught. That's a good point. If they think they've been caught, and they're certainly on the radar if they receive a letter from the Internal Revenue Service that is specific to them, and it says, oh, by the way, we've noticed you haven't filed taxes since 2017.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: That that could very well get the reaction they're looking for. Could very well. Maybe.
1: Um, I I found it interesting.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. It's interesting that people get away with it, and that's why they wanted to hire more IRS people, but... I was not convinced they were going after the real big cheaters. I was convinced they were going after everybody, and and thinking that we're all cheating. You know, in our daily lives now, we are because we have dumbed down everything. Everything. Uh, oh, I don't want to go down the
1: path well. It says right here now. that it's, the IRS has pledged that the audit rates will not increase for taxpayers earning less than four hundred thousand dollars a year, a threshold a threshold that roughly corresponds to the top. 2% of earners. So all or nearly all of the new compliance letters are going to people with that uh, with that at least with at least that much income. So they're going these letters are going to the people that make the top, you know the top 2%. Right make and, a it, lot of money, and so. it
0: makes it so that the rest of us will cheer that we're going after those SOBs. Right. All of this is all a part of the game in the whole tax thing that should be easily figured out on a postcard. But think of all the money that you would uh, take away from HR Block and all the businesses that make money off taxes being complicated. If they took 10% of our income out and used that for taxes, so be it. Well, that's not fair. Why not? Well, 10% for somebody making 50000 is a lot different than 10% of somebody making 500000 Yeah, you bet it is. The people who are making 500000 are paying a lot more in taxes. Anyway, um, this makes no sense to me, and I I do mention it in Monday's column, that we have another stopgap bill so that the government doesn't shut down.
1: You know, I mean, okay. This is is something that's been going on for how long
0: now? It's become normal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they don't do their job in Washington. It's become normal. But here's the thing. This is the worst, I think. The shutdown deadlines were today and March 8th. And so <laughs> apparently they've shifted the deadline to March 8th and March 22nd. So you keep on moving the goalposts. And, and, and not very far. So I ask you, how much would we have saved in the last five years – had we actually set a real deadline that was weeks, months, or years away instead of all these every 15-minute short ones. I bet you we would have saved a lot of money had we, had they, done their job. But we are going to continue to allow that to happen. I don't know what to tell you about that. Hey, how about this? You answer this because you're the sports guy. So Iowa's Caitlin Clark declares for the 2024 WNBA draft, she's making over $900,000 a year because of that NIL or ILN or LI, whatever it is, name likeness image. She's making over $900,000 playing college ball. She's foregoing her last year to go into a sport where the top pay is about 250000 Is it because she's certain she'll continue to get the endorsement money? Oh, I'm sure. That's it? Yeah. Okay, because they you're, kept asking. But, you're, but you're And right. Bernie, Bernie, I love Bernie. I, I love him. I go out of my way to watch Bernie Smilovitz in sports. But he said, why would she leave a $900,000 job for a $250,000 job? And I said, well, because she's going to get more money for the advertising. And that's what you just said is, in fact, true.
1: Yeah, I mean, she. I'm sure that uh, she'll make that up. But the, uh, the NIL money that is being paid to these college athletes is uh, – is something to think about these days.
0: Yes, yeah, also something to know is ruining college athletics. Thank you very much. You heard it here. You can get Mister Smith's comments uh, published on Vantage Press. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't. You you like it, right, David? Rieger. I'm sorry. Okay. I answered Did the you phone. pass away? I was no, afraid I was you passed getting away. Getting your next
1: guest on the phone. Sorry. Right, very quickly, though, you yeah. do like nil.
0: I do like nil. Yes. Yeah. Hundred okay. percent. Okay. That's another thing we disagree on, but that's okay. All righty. Uh, coming up, that next guest is the one and only Barry Owens from Treetops. We're going to talk to him. Coming up next here, in focus with Paul W. Smith. It pays to listen too, all day long, all night long, seven days a week. Uh, Right now it's going to pay if you're the caller that's the right number, number nine, number nine, number nine. Caller 9 at 1-800-859-0957. 1-800-859-0WJR wins a pair of tickets to experience the Detroit Symphony Orchestra perform red carpet film scores on Saturday, March 8th at Orchestra Hall. Lights, camera, action, music. Films depend on lush sounds of an orchestra, To turn images on a screen into moments that stay with us forever. Experience Academy Award-winning music, and this is great music, from Superman, Casablanca, The Godfather, James Bond, Mission Impossible, through the unforgettable sound of the world's greatest Detroit Symphony Orchestra. Red Carpet Film Scores with the DSO, playing Orchestra Hall March 8th through March 10th. Tickets on sale right now at DSO.org. I'm going to try to go to that, because that just sounds fabulous. D-S-O dot org. Uh, old friend, Barry Owens, is standing by, and uh, who can blame him if he's a little uh, beaten up because he's had a tough season. Now, the good news is, Treetops, where Barry Owens is general manager and does a fabulous job, is a fabulous year-round family resort. So it was tough for the ski season, we know that, but they're getting very ready for the golf season barry always a pleasure how are you my friend
5: i'm great paul w it's a pleasure of myself too to be with you
0: the ski season we have to say i mean Mm -hmm. what is it 60 i mean it's very warm and it's going to be warm for the next few days It doesn't mean we're not going to have more snow blah 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 but it has been challenging hasn't it
5: it has uh it, it has been a challenge and it's and it's interesting too uh You know we're so appreciative of people such as yourself and and when i say we the whole industry of of putting out the news out there that even though there might be green grass in your backyard there's still good skiing up north and uh, and some of the southern ski areas too but um we're going to have a bunch of skiing this weekend a bunch of people here and we'll go for the next few weekends we got enough snow on the hill that will withstand uh these temps and uh It'll be beautiful spring skiing this weekend. I'm sure there'll be people out there in shorts and other things uh skiing down the hill.
0: Yeah, and 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 some people actually look forward to this time of the ski season. Just like you said, it's so comfortable. It's not bitter cold. You can you can ski in shorts. And the snowmaking machinery, you've been in the business a long time. You've seen it get better and better and better. And now it's really really good.
5: It really is and um you know we invest a lot of money in snowmaking and it's uh i regularly tell people it's um here at treetops it's probably the neatest thing we do um uh, how many people can say you know hey what did you guys do last night at work it's like well we made snow how about you <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and you know some people say well it's fake snow actually no it's not really fake snow it's it's water that's crystallized and it you know it, it becomes snowflake so Um, like you say, it's, uh, the technology gets better and better all the time. The, uh, the snow cats that groom it. Um, it's one of my favorite thing every year I get into them for an evening and, and, uh, go for a ride and then they'll let me drive for a couple hours. And, uh, I always joke that it's, uh, I always envisioned myself in a $300,000 vehicle. I just didn't realize it would only go like eight miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Have you driven that
0: very many times, really?
5: I have. I, You know, I don't know that we really want to get into the details of <laughs> defining how many times I've driven it, okay. but I have driven it. I've driven it every year. How about that? Okay, well, that's good. Uh, that's they like, keep, uh, they, yeah. They keep me away from structures and trees and, uh, you know, ski towers and stuff like that when I get to drive it.
0: But. Well, that's, I'm sure they do keep you away. We, I, I just <laughs> had a great conversation with a dear friend. We became friends through the WJR travel club and in fact they were just on the last trip with us they're going to be on the next trip when we uh, when we uh, head to to uh, Montreal Quebec City on a seaborne cruise in August it's on wjr.com i think you can find it there from cruise and tour but Dave and Kathy Carico who uh, are have joined us on many trips and uh, Dave i don't think Kathy but Dave is still a ski racer and he was proudly just after we got off this last cruise he was headed up north to do some ski racing. And, uh, you know, he's just a good guy who has a lot of fun all the way around. And, and everybody has made do, if you will. I don't mean to make it sound negative. It's not negative. But they've been able to deal with the snow because you guys at Treetops and other locations are able to provide them with great snow. And And the manufactured snow works the same for snowboarding and skiing as far as I know, right?
5: it really does and um there's some people that'll argue that it's better um because it's uh just the the makeup of it it's a little bit denser and and you know the thing that um makes it all work is is the snow cats that we grew them with um you know every night um, generally it gets cold enough for example you know it's gonna it's over 50 today but last night it was below freezing so the snow cats will go out and they'll They'll grind everything off and they'll set down the nice corduroy that everybody loves to ski on. And um, so everybody will go out and ski like crazy today, and they'll do the same thing tonight. So, you know, that happens. That's a, that's a, you know, a wash, rinse, repeat, you know, every day, and it, and it gives you the conditions that people love.
0: Well, Treetops Resort, family resort and spa, is a, a, absolutely one of our four season resorts. I know you don't want to get ahead of the game cause people are still going to be skiing, but you're, you've got an eye toward golf as well. Some of the best golf in the, in the country. Yeah.
5: It's, uh, the golf, the whole, uh, what's going on in the world of golf is really exciting. Um, the, the business continues to grow. Um, it became, <laughs> continues to be in the headlines with, the um, the kind of the whole controversies between the professional tours that are out there and which keeps it top of mind. But, um, you know, you're seeing a lot more young people come into the sport. Um, it's, it's incredible. When I go into parts of our operation when we're full of golfers, I'm I'm amazed at all the 30-somethings that are golfing when a few years ago you didn't see as much as that. And um, so uh, the business uh, is, is in a healthy position, and we just need to keep fostering that, all of us in the industry. All
0: right, uh, because – Because my phone always screws up. I don't know. Apple gets away with it, but every time I download something new. What's the uh, 800 number people should use for more information at treetops? It's 888-TREETOPS. That's one that I really probably
5: (laughs) should be able to
0: remember, (laughs) but I have so many numbers in my head. So 888-TREETOPS, free call, get all the information you need, 888 Treetops. I know you have all kinds of special opportunities still for skiing and snowboarding, but also for the coming golf season. I know you're excited.
5: Yeah, we're excited for it all, Paul. We love the, love the four seasons and the change of seasons. So come now, come later, you know, come often.
0: <laughs> and we, we appreciate how well you run treetops for whole families uh, for all four seasons. And God bless you, Barry Owens, for that. Thanks, Paul. We'll talk again soon. I hope to see you soon. Barry Owens. The uh, Barry Owens is the GM of treetops and the number 888-TREETOPS. Uh, even I can remember that. 888-TREETOPS. As we continue on News Talk 760 WJR. Now, Movie Show Plus presents This Weekend at the Movies with Greg Russell. Sponsored in part
6: by Wiggly's famous Eastern Market Corn Beef. Now,
5: With the best viewing in the stream and on the screen, here are Paul W. Smith and Greg Russell. All right, yeah, all
0: raring to go. And by the way, it's the new month, and the new month is March. The month of March, always a favorite for Sean O'Callaghan's public house in downtown Plymouth. Get there today. Try their weekly's famous corned beef creations, whether traditional or with a twist. You're going to love it. Get your Wigglies today at Sean O'Callaghan's Public House. It's Friday, Greg Russell. Nice to have you here.
6: Always a pleasure to be here with you. And Sean O'Callaghan sounds like a great place, especially since this is St. Patrick's Month. So, yeah.
0: This is the month. Rich Lozinski might be, I don't know, Rich, did you see any of the uh, movies? Did you go to any of the advances? You're so busy, you probably did not.
1: Rich is not here right now. I see.
0: How about you, Dave?
1: I was, unfortunately, I missed the uh, the sneak preview, the media preview for Dune 2, although uh, from what I've read, it uh, looks really good. Parker, got, do, do you get out and see movies ahead of time? Uh, I used to go see movies
7: a lot more than I currently do. Um, me too. It's something I want to get back to. You know, there's something about the experience of seeing something in a the theater. I think it's the sound, honestly.
0: It's great sound, great pictures, and as uh, certainly Greg Russell knows for me, Great popcorn with real I, butter at the Imagine uh, Theaters. You know what I'm talking about?
5: Uh
6: definitely do. We could actually have a movie night there one time. Yeah, uh, why don't would we
0: be- do that? Why don't we have a movie night? It it's unless it's tied into work, I don't get to do it. So that that I'd have to do, and I would love to do. I'll I'll get something set up. All Great. Right. That'd be fantastic. That would be fun, and we could have people meet us there and all of that, you know. It'd be a lot of fun. All right. Uh the movie in the theaters is Dune 2. Let's let let's listen right off the bat, uh, Parker, if you could play that cut from Dune 2.
2: Nothing's clear. You've been fighting the Harkonnens for decades. Oh! My family's been fighting them for centuries.
7: Your blood comes from Dukes. Them great houses.
1: Here, we're equal. What we
4: do, we do for the benefit of all.
2: I'd very much like to be equal to you.
4: Maybe I'll show you the way.
0: (laughs) I'm assuming they don't talk throughout the whole movie like that.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Almost Shakespearean sounding, yeah. (laughs) Whence comest thou? I don't know.
0: I would so much like to be just like you. Well, I'd like to be like you, too. Let's be like each other. <laughs> That'll get old quick. But anyway, what do you think?
6: That would. Well, I uh, got to see it, and there was a group called the Dune Goons in the theater, who are, you know, the people who love Dune, follow it, you know, everyone's name. So they enjoyed it. I mean, it is, it's a nice movie, bu- visually beautiful. You know, uh, two hours and 48 minutes, where, like we always say, two hours could have been good, or maybe mm. two hours and. But yeah, it, visually, it is, you know, astonishing uh, just with the way they can make movies now you know this guy Paul that's the main character's name he's out trying to save the universe from the people who basically you know had destroyed his family so it's kind of like a save and revenge uh thing going on here but yeah you know a lot of action and actually it does move so even though you will after a while you know, begin to look at your watch a little bit it's not like oh my goodness I still have an hour to go that would be
0: deadly so how many Wigley's corned beef sandwiches from Sean O'Callaghan's public house, how many would we give them today?
6: Well, for the Dune Goons, uh, we'll give them a, a three out of our four. For the rest of us, it's kind of like, you know, probably maybe just a little under a three. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's really for those people who are really into the story.
0: It really helps if you're a Dune Goon. There you go. There you go. All right. So uh, we're talking... Uh, Three out of four for the Dune Goons, maybe a little under three for the rest of us. Now, we, we also like to not only tell you how you can go out and have fun, but sometimes stay in and take advantage of what you're paying for as an app. Anyway, this is a movie on Netflix, and uh, let's listen to Spaceman. Do not be afraid. I'm losing
6: my mind. You wish to know if I am real. I am like you,
0: an explorer. Your loneliness intrigued me. Why are you here? I might be of help. I wish to assist you in your emotional distress. I don't need your help. What, what, what do you do? What? What are the? What are the odds that we have two movies in a row? Where? where is this a new trend? That they're? I'm going to talk to you like this from now on. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, what? How did that happen? I don't know.
6: I don't know. Just (laughs) to sound cool. Hello, how are you,
0: darling? (laughs) So (laughs) so nice to see you again. Where's the restroom, please? Okay, so... uh, (laughs) All right, so what do we think of Spaceman? (laughs) Well,
6: this one stars Adam Sandler, and it is anything but a comedy. He plays an astronaut who's been on a six-month mission by himself in outer space. And... He's struggling a little bit with, you know, of course, having no one to talk to. But then also before he left, he and his wife, played by the lovely Carrie Mulligan, um, just had some issues going on. So he's wondering about what's going on at home. And while he's up in space, it's almost like Tom Hanks with Wilson, the uh, volleyball. It's
0: funny you say that. He's... That's what I was thinking of.
6: Oh, yeah. Because he all of a sudden there's this fighter that happened to be on the uh, in the pod with him. And next thing you know, this thing he's envisioning it human size and they're talking to each other because he needs somebody, you know, to bounce off, you know, all the situations and different things that he's going through. So it, it really is, you know, kind of like this character study of just being completely by yourself
0: and no place to go. What do you do? <laughs> wow. Hmm. And they hold our attention for how long? This is an hour
1: and 48 minutes.
0: Okay and fully an hour less than the first film.
1: So it's not as long cool. as Castaway was is what you're saying. Right. Yeah, I don't like Adam Sandler in, in this. I mean, he was really good in Uncut Gems, but I'm not sure I yep. like Adam Sandler in these I, serious are we, movies.
0: Are we ready for Adam Sandler to be in a serious movie?
1: I mean, he was he was great in Uncut Gems, but I don't know about Was that a I, serious I film? It was, but it was also about sports gambling, so it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
6: And I think that's a situation a lot of folks have gone through because reading up on a lot of the reviews, and things that people have said about it, they're not really liking it. They're just not feeling this movie all that much.
1: Hmm. So
6: as we always say, the best part is it's on Netflix. So even though you're paying for it, it, but we always say it's free because it's there.
1: And Adam Sandler's Um, still got this this long deal with Netflix where he's got to put out all these movies. So um, hopefully he'll go back to the comedies.
0: That would be great. Yeah. I mean, I can understand wanting to break out of what people have you kind of placed in. But on the other hand, if it's working and you're doing well, mm, you might want to stick with it. It's uh, Dune 2, which got uh, three out of four sandwiches if you're a Dooney, a Dune Goon, or an under three. And what's (laughs) Spaceman going to get? Like a two, you know,
6: because you're either going to watch for the first 15 minutes and turn it off, or you're going to watch all the way to the end.
0: All right spaceman adam sandler in yet another serious role thank you much always a pleasure greg russell movie show plus and uh, dave rieger joined in as well always great always great thank you greg we're going to talk uh, in just a moment with the one and only chris renwick stay with us on wjr it's the first day of the new month the new month being march if it's your birthday happy birthday to you my phone is all screwed up i don't know if it's the leap year or i don't know what it is but like, I have Nolan Finley's birthday today, but Dave Rieger, he told us his birthday was like uh, March 10th when Priscilla Presley is at the music hall. So I don't know why my phone says today. And I also have uh, uh, Chris and Julie Ahe having their anniversary, and Chris Ahe his birthday, and Vicki Chilani her birthday. I-, I don't know. If it's your birthday, let me just do a blanket to happy birthday to you starting the new month. My uh, mother, Sweet Marie... H. Marie Beatrice Smith from Monroe was born on this day in 1926. She passed March 5th, 2022. So today, my mother, Sweet Marie, is 98. Now, my sister Allison and I miss her terribly. We think about her. We still talk about her just about every day, really. Allison's husband, Dan, my love, Kim, my late brother, Mark's wife, Bernie, and all of Sweet Marie's grandchildren and great-grandchildren miss her. But, you know... We know that she is still with us. We do know that. Coming up, great uh, programming with the one and only Chris Renwick in J.R. Afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Chris. Hey, Pauly. How we doing? I am doing well. I'm very happy that it's Friday. Yeah. For some reason, this felt like a long week, so it's nice to get to the weekend here. Well, what I said earlier, and I'll say it again. Sometimes these weeks seem long, but the months are zipping by. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah,
7: you know, for me, I, I know that the, you went with it, obviously, with Sophie. But with these little kids, man, days are long, weeks are short, months are short. Everything <laughs> f- These days drag on, but boy, oh, boy, do they fly by at the same time.
0: Well, you know, you're lucky because you have a cell phone that is also a camera. I know. And uh, capture as much as you can. Yeah, and hang on for dear life because they ask for the car keys in the next uh, in the next week oh, or God so. God help me! It just changes, and it changes quickly, and you never are done being concerned about them, worrying about them, caring about sure. them, and looking out for them. Or you're not a good parent, frankly. Um, I never did understand people saying, oh, "I can't wait till they're gone." Well, I know they don't really mean that. I hope no. I hope they don't really. Well, but it. you know
7: what? Here's the thing: is with these kids, it's like, your our job as parents is you got to be a productive member of society. So, at some point, that's part of the gig, right? You got to get out there and do your thing. But yeah, you don't. Uh, I don't. I don't wish those days to come anytime soon.
0: It is our a very big part of her job. I'm glad you brought this up, Chris Renwick. The a very big part of her job is indeed preparing those kids to go out on their own. Yeah. We have failed if we don't do that. As uncomfortable as it might seem or feel when the time comes, you've got to be proud and believe that you planted all of the seeds that are, are starting to grow that will make them be okay in whatever situation they find themselves as they move on.
7: Yeah, I mean, goodness gracious, Sophie at Michigan uh, I, I uh, you know, I was uh, uh, happy enough to graduate high school. So I mean, you got to be proud when when they Very do proud. stuff like that. So and
0: she's and she's uh, proudly, I say, uh, at the Ross School of Business has been since for she was her. a freshman. She's a junior now, and right now spending time in Switzerland with her study abroad program from the Ross School of Business. Oh, so great. you know, that's that, awesome. I leave my phone on at night because it's a six-hour difference, and if mm-hmm. something happens, I want to. If I don't care if I'm sleeping, I want to be awakened. Sure, it. but uh, but you know, you just kind of go with the flow, and you you realize it's not easy for her. It's not easy for us. She's loving it, but you know, and I'm loving that she's getting the experience and thankful. But, you know, Good. I never had the opportunity for study abroad. I will say that at Michigan I did study several broads, but I never had the experience. Hey, hey-yo. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, where's, yo. the, where's the drummer? <laughs> uh, never had the chance to further my education, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Uh, but what are you doing today? You know, we, I got a lot to do today. I, I, I'm, I got a TV topic
7: that I want to bring up. We'll, we'll do it at 235, but um, I still pay for cable i 'm probably one of the few that that does, but I, I do i do okay, you do too, yeah you know if you watch whatever's on cable it's all reruns like the a p did a great story uh t v ghosts networks that are somehow surviving with very little output, new output they're just running things that are in syndication, and somehow people like us we we still pay huge amounts of money for huge. Them. When in reality, a lot of the best TV coming out nowadays are all on streaming platforms. Yeah. So we'll do that a little bit. I, I also um, – we, we talked uh, yesterday with Danny Davis, uh, L- a retired lieutenant colonel out of defense priorities, a, a, a great resource on uh, military and, and war situations all around the world. We were talking a little bit about what was happening in, in Gaza But he said something that more and more there is becoming this this growing feeling in Israel of discontent with Benjamin Netanyahu, which is interesting because if you look at wartime leaders, leaders that are in office during a time of conflict, there is a general amount of support for them. But Danny Davis says it's something that's not being covered in mainstream news, that there is a growing feeling amongst Israelis that Benjamin Netanyahu is, is not the person to continue leading this country forward as the prime minister, so we'll talk with Howard Lupervitz. He's a, a professor of, of Judaic studies at Wayne State University. Get his thoughts on that's going to be a at, great at two uh, fifteen.
0: That's a great story, and in fact, just coincidentally, a story I was involved with last night with the one and only Daron Levin. Oh sure, who is going to go to Israel and report back to us? Good on a regular basis, and he will have. Trust me when I tell you, he'll have an interesting uh, insight mm-hmm. and look at what's going on in the homeland that he loves. Good. So we'll look forward to that. I'm glad uh, you're doing what you're doing. Congratulations on the Michigan Association of Broadcasters Award. You were a big winner, and congratulations to you on that it's Thanks. always great to see when hard work pays off
7: well you know i uh it's nice it's nice to be uh recognized by your peers um i'm just keeping my nose down we got yeah, a lot of we got it, a lot it, to do so it's we good. got a lot to it's do nice.
0: and we don't do it for the awards but it's nice when they yeah, come along no doubt all right thank you much thank Jay you Paul. Our afternoon see you later chris chris renwick on your way to making each and every day count each day is a gift i want you to be sure to Really work hard on it. You shouldn't have to work hard, but maybe you do. Enjoy the weekend. Make it a great weekend. I thank the team, the team, the team helping us do a great job on this show, Monday through Friday from noon to 2, or go online, stream us live, or go to thegreatvoice.com and listen to the whole show so easily. It's important to us that you do. But thanks to the team, the team, the team. Dave Rieger, Daniel Mason. Today it was Parker Moser. Good job, Parker. Rich Luzinski, Mike Kim, Kim Smith. Ann Thomas, Jeff Marstro, Steve Finatieri, and frankly, you, the best and brightest audience in all of radio. Regards, Paul W. Smith.